2: going on, everybody? This is Jimmy Kemski from Pillowash.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of BleedingGreenNation.com. This is BGN Radio episode number 174, the Joe Flacco Spectacular episode. Uh, We will go in deep on the Eagles' signing of their new backup quarterback. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the Adoree Jackson uh, signing with the Giants. He opted not even to visit with the Philadelphia Eagles uh, before signing what was uh revealed to be a lucrative deal uh with the G men
1: so brandon how are you doing my friend jimmy I am excited for a very new addition to Philadelphia, and it is not Joe Flacco. It is Rachel Privet, who is our new audio producer here at Bleeding Green Nation and BGN Radio. You'll be hearing from her, I imagine, uh, on the BGN radio podcast feed here in the future. So, uh, obviously she also has a post on Bleeding Green Nation. We should check out her background and everything. Very excited. To welcome Rachel to the team. Yeah, big big claps. Big welcome to Rachel. Much more excited to add her to the team uh, than Joe Flacco to the Eagles. But uh, obviously BGN Radio brought to you by Right to Sell and Turkey. Go to RightToSellin.com, use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Jimmy, so much to get into, let's do it. Uh, the details of the deal, 3.5 million, uh, fully guaranteed, reportedly.
2: Uh, an additional four million can be earned in incentives which, uh, LOL on that, uh, but before we even get started in on, uh, Joe Flacco, I don't mean to take a dump all over Joe Flacco, uh, he had a good career, he won a Super Bowl MVP, 98, 77 career records, he's not some, like, garbage, you know, scrub quarterback who was never good, and he doesn't deserve to be mocked, and you know what, good for him for getting the deal that he got, personally, I think, uh, you know, he and his agent did a good job, um. I guess, trying to, uh, there's reportedly that the 49ers were also involved, and maybe that's why he got what he got with the Eagles, which, I mean, the Eagles shouldn't have cared if there's other teams involved. They should have just passed if the number got this high. But anyway, it's been a long way, um, it's been a long way way since, uh, you know, Joe Flacco was even remotely close to being a desirable quarterback uh, last six years, you know, 26 and 37 record uh, a combined 6.4 yards per attempt over that six-year span. 6.4 yards per attempt over a six-year span is not good. Uh, last two years um, were the only two years he spent away from Baltimore. He signed a one-year deal in Denver. He went 2-4 and four there, uh, moved on to the Jets. Uh, last season went 0-4. Uh, I don't have his completion percentage in front of me, but it was like 55% or something like that. 552 And uh, he had a QB rating, I think, of like 80.2. 80.8. 80.8. And then I didn't have this, but in your uh, post on him, uh, you had noted, and grain of salt here, but of course you had noted that uh, Pro Football Focus had him as the second worst rated quarterback in the NFL last year. Only Dwayne Haskins was worse. (laughs) Okay. So uh, when it was initially reported that Mr. Flacco was going to visit the Eagles, you know, I think both of us wrote that it made sense. I think I was maybe a little bit uh, more enthusiast, enthusiastic about the about the, his signing. Not because of who he is, but just because the big appeal in signing him was that he likely wasn't going to cost much, given that he only made $1.5 million the year before with the Jets. Now, some of that, of course, was because he was coming off of herniated disc uh, surgery so I guess the Jets got something of a discount there but nevertheless I mean he like in what way did he improve his value from last year to this year where the Eagles should be paying him 224 percent more than what he got a year ago
1: Jimmy it's insane (laughs) like I saw this news on Tuesday evening, and I had a pre write ready to go, you know, because I we mm-hmm. had heard about the visit, so I figured it's probably going to happen. I'm just going to bang this out. And I almost regret doing that. And sometimes I do regret pre writes for this very reason, because you don't always capture uh, the essence of the moment. Mm-hmm. And like, I, because my tone in the article was like, oh, this is, you know, a reasonable signing. He's pretty cheap, because <laughs> I figured he would be, given his right. deal last year, and it didn't do anything to earn more and I, I see this number come out I think it's Adam Kaplan who had it first uh 3.5 million guaranteed up to 7.5 million and I'm just like is this real is this real life like how is this happening I, again I want to I want to stress this last year Joe Flacco signs one year 1. 1.5 million to the Jets he goes 0-4 as a starter 55.2 completion, six touchdowns, three interceptions, 80.8 passer rating, and PFF second worst graded quarterback, as you mentioned. And then somehow he got a $2 million raise. And again, the contract up to 7.5. And I think something that needs to be mentioned in this, Jimmy, is that it's a raise in a year where the cap went yes. down this year. Yes. So like, I actually did the math and percentage of the cap he's taking up and this might not seem like a huge deal in the grand scheme of things. And we'll get to all these counter arguments later, but last year for the jets with the cap being higher, he counted about for like 0.75 mm-hmm. 0.7% of the cap. He counts almost 2% of the Eagles cap this year. Like why <laughs> it's so, it's just so out of whack. It's so insane to me that like, they just had to have this guy for this price. Plenty of quarterbacks
2: around the league. Of course. Um, you know, got. I think plenty of teams around the league rather got better deals for backup quarterbacks. Like Mitchell Trubisky signed for two point five million in Buffalo. Certainly a far more attractive player at this at at this stage of his career than Joe Flacco is at his stage. I mean, Trubisky probably wanted nothing to do with. You know, the Eagles, like, hit him landing in Buffalo was a good situation for him. So, all right, whatever. Jacoby mm-hmm. Brissett gets $5 million with, what was that, with the Dolphins, I think. Uh, yep. That's fully guaranteed, just like Flacco's. But for an extra million and a half, I wouldn't have done that. And, like, I like I wouldn't have agreed with that signing necessarily. But it certainly would have made some sense in that he already knew Nick Sirianni's offense. And, you know, could serve as sort of, like, training wheels for him. So, I kind of, like, wrap my head around that. Where it's like this, I can't. Tyrod Taylor, I think, got five and a half. Uh, It was reported initially that he was up worth like some crazy amount up to like 12 or 12. But really the base is like 5.5, I believe. Mike Glennon, which I think is probably the best comp this offseason for Joe Flacco. Like you look at Mike Glennon's numbers and compare them with Joe Flacco's numbers last year. They're very, very similar. He gets a 1.3, I think 1.35 uh, one-year deal with the Giants, so basically uh, right around, like, the league minimum. Like, if I'm the Eagle, if, like, I'd personally far rather have Mike Lennon at $1.5 million than Joe Flacco at not only $3.5 million, but $3.5 million guaranteed. i like, Cam Newton only got $5 million. so, like, it's crazy that the Eagles would pay any really any I, I guess like if there was a good backup quarterback then you can maybe wrap your head around it but for a guy who is you know no better than anyone that i just mentioned and you know maybe marginally better than some of the other options left on the open market like i don't know matt barkley for example like, who colt mccoy who cares who cares it doesn't matter who you sign if you're not going to contend this season having a backup quarterback who can win games is should not be a priority this offseason you just need a guy who can be competent come into the game throw the football if your if your starter gets hurt
1: that's why i wanted geno smith Jimmy. i just like has he played for your the other one would have made sense too yes for sure you, you, you could even talk into him being logical just because he has experience with Kevin Petullo and mm-hmm. Shane Steichen, as I mentioned. He was also Russell Wilson's backup last year. Like, can't you sell that to the fans a little bit? Like, if this guy is good enough to back up Russell Wilson, then <laughs> he can be our backup for minimum. Like, I, 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 it's and just also, so like, crazy Gino to Smith me.
2: And also, like, Gino Smith isn't like a burner or anything, but at least he has some kind of mobility, whereas like... Joe Flacco coming onto this team and backing up a, a player like Jalen Hurts, like, those two quarterbacks are nothing alike whatsoever. So if, like, there's a situation where in-game Jalen Hurts, like, even if you want to win this year, if there's a situation where Jalen Hurts gets hurt, like, in-game. Flacco has to come in. You're completely changing the kinds of plays that you're running. Like, any, like in, in many cases, like, the, the offensive game plan that you're putting together, like, during that week is just totally thrown out the window because Flacco can't do anything – that like Jalen Hurts can do as a runner, like Flacco is not going to escape the pocket in like any way. And certainly, you're not going to run any design runs with him. Like it's just crazy. Like those two guys are like polar opposites in their style of play.
1: A, a big issue too is you know Jeffrey Lurie said this is a rebuild, or a retooling is the exact word to use. Mm-hmm. He said it's a retooling year. So why do you need to spend extra money then in a retooling <laughs> right. year? That's what I just don't get. And going back to the Geno Smith, not even just him necessarily specifically, but like a minimum contract quarterback like it's actually even better to sign that guy because they're getting paid like 1 million something. But with the new CBA, there's like the veteran minimum benefit and their cap hit only counts like 800,000. So you're actually even getting like a little bit extra value there just because of, of that new uh, uh, maneuver in in the CBA that they made it more friendly to sign some of these veteran minimum players. Um, That's just, you know, an aside, but I, I, I want to be fair to Joe Flacco in terms of his numbers last year. If we're being objective, Jimmy, and pointing out both sides of the story, you know, he was coming off this injury last year. Um, uh, -year 37-year-old Frank Gore, former Eagles legend, was their leading rusher. Their top three receivers were Jamison Crowder, Rashad Perriman, and Braxton Berrios. Mm. Uh, their offensive line graded out as one of the the worst pass blocking units in the league. So yeah, like obviously I'm not expecting him to tear it up last year. But again, that doesn't matter. Like all that is inconsequential anyway, because it doesn't make sense to spend extra money on a quarterback who you're trying to bring in here. um, Like in a year, that doesn't matter anyway. The the objective should have been about getting the cheapest guy. We said that before the signing. This isn't hindsight. This isn't being about negative about any move the Eagles make. We said this. Heading into free agency. Like just I want Geno Smith because I know he's gonna be cheap. It's not about actually liking him. Geno Smith is terrible, obviously. We all know that. No <laughs> one's arguing otherwise. But like, is Joe Flacco that much better, really? And for that much more money? And even if he is, what kind of tangible difference is it making this year? So I think it's crazy. I think the contradictory messaging is also kind of interesting from like the from the
2: perspective of you know, listening to Jeffrey Lurie. So you mentioned how Jeffrey Lurie said, um, you know, they, they aren't, weren't likely to compete this year. They, they also said they wanted to get younger, and they've signed now a 36-year-old quarterback and a 30-year-old safety. Like <laughs> Those are their two big signings this offseason. But then also, like, a year ago after they drafted Jalen Hurts, you know, one of the many things that they, that they said to, you know, sort of defend that pick was that they wanted to, you know, Part of the reason for drafting him is that they wanted to avoid paying expensive backup quarterbacks, and now they've they've signed Flack. I mean, three point five million isn't a ton of money, obviously. Like it's not like they're they're spending Chase Daniel kind of money on him, or like even Nick Foles money on him. But it's more than they should have been spending, of course. So like the idea of avoiding like avoiding paying uh, a backup quarterback a lot of money was on their minds, and yet they still kind of did it anyway.
1: Why don't we get to your uh, your little game here?
2: Well, before we do that, um, one other quick thing too. So the, the the compensatory pick considerations too, like by signing him. So these. Eagles- All right, wait, wait, wait. Yes.
1: Let me preface this by Jimmy is an extreme nerd, and <laughs> you pretty much have to be to appreciate this aspect. All right. Now so dive if in.
2: you're going to, if you if there's a point where you're gonna fast forward like two minutes, then this would be the time. I wanna, I won't be two minutes. I'll keep it brief. But basically, the Eagles were in line, sort of, to maybe get a fifth round pick for the loss of Jalen Hurts, uh, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Mills in free agency. And I mean, there's debate whether, uh, you know, he would have counted or not, depending on this Joe Flacco signing. But if the Eagles lose another guy in free agency, like for example, Vinnie Curry is, is visiting with the Jets. If he qualifies for the comp pick formula, then this signing of Joe Flacco Will negate the Eagles' chances of bringing in a basically a free uh, fifth-round pick. So the game that Brandon was referring to was we're gonna pre- pretend like we're in like court, and first of all, like just to set this up, when when this move happened, like you mentioned that you had pre-written that you know, it was a good move or whatever. And or a fine like, move, yeah. <laughs> right, fine, fine move, yeah. And, like, I had sort of, like, mentally figured that was going to be the case as well, too. When I It's when I heard Flacco signed, I was like, okay, it's a cheap deal. Um, I am shocked that there are people basically defending this move and trying to, I guess, come up with reasons why it does make sense. So we're going to go through... Basically, the rebuttals that we've heard in our uh, negative coverage of uh, of this signing. So let's just – we'll handle those one at a time. We'll do it in like court format where like uh, the – I'll read sort of the rebuttal and that will serve as like the defendant in a, in a court. And Brandon and I will be the lawyers on the uh, – what's the Prosecution? Not, yes, the prosecution plaintiff. side. The plaintiff. All right. So the first one is – and I'll change my voice a little bit here. But he's not gonna be a or <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> But but he's coming in to be a mentor for Jalen Hurts.
1: Okay. Uh Brandon, why don't you handle that one? Is he though? Because <laughs> uh when you look at Joe Flacco's history of mentorship, when he was going to possibly be that kind of guy uh, well, I guess I should really start in Baltimore, and I guess the Baltimore situation is a little different. You know, because Lamar Jackson was drafted when he was already the starter there, so I can get him not being totally thrilled about having to mentor this new guy, but he didn't, and other quarterbacks might have in that situation or could have, and he didn't. So that's the, the that's what happened. He goes to Denver, uh, Drew Locke is there, or they draft Drew Locke. There's some question as if he can kind of, he was actually questioned point blank, if like he can be a mentor to Drew Locke, and he basically said, I- nah. I'm not really worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, nah, I'm, I'm here to help the team win. So he goes to the Jets last year, and I think he's a little bit more realistic about where his standing is, you know, coming off of the injury and coming off of, uh, or, or just, you know, not having this hot market for him. He didn't sign to what, like in the May or whatever it was last year, Uh, and Sam Darnold was in place and obviously the starter. So even at that point, he understood, I think, to some extent, you know, he's not coming in to be the guy. But then he, you know, got a taste of starting in twenty twenty when when Darnold missed time and Flacco talked about still wanting to be a starter. He's like, I want to get, I still believe I can be a starter. I want to be a starter, and that's fine for him to have that mentality. But like, I just and just even looking at. Drew Locke, and Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold had the worst year of his, his career last year. Drew Locke has not thrived uh, thanks to Joe Flacco's presence. Like, there's no evidence that Joe Flacco was like some great mentor.
2: Yeah, and um, the other thing I'll add to that too is like, okay, so like, I, I think the point being made here is like, he's not super like at a minimum, he's not super into. The idea of being a mentor like he wants to play and that's fine like you said that's fine like you actually kind of like want that attitude from a quarterback like if if you should you should want to play if you're a quarterback but again he doesn't seem you know like super into the idea of being a mentor in the same way that like we all saw how like on you know uh, not hard knocks but uh amazon all or nothing all or nothing like we saw how josh mccown came in and really really embraced uh, that mentorship role so the idea that he's coming in to be a mentor yeah I don't know that there's really any great evidence that that that's the
1: case and then you already have Alex Taney on staff who just added to the your coaching like they added former NFL quarterback Alex Taney who just retired this offseason now obviously he doesn't have the same credentials or extensive experience that Joe Flacco does but he's like a former NFL quarterback like like Jalen Hurts can't lean on that guy. Like pay the coaches to coach. You've said that before. Like pay the coaches to coach. Yes. You don't need to pay. I mean, the mentor thing to me works if you're signing a guy in the minimum. You know, and if like that's an added bonus, fine. You can help kind of mentor whatever. But to be it for it to be like the main draw and you're putting it at point number 1 here in part because that's what it's been brought up as. That's been the like, most common rebuttal that I've heard. It's 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 nonsense. All right. Rebuttal
2: number 2. Um <laughs> He he only got 1.5 million last year because he was coming off herniated disc surgery.
1: His value is bigger now. Why? Again, he had a bad year. <laughs> it's a higher percentage of the cap. Like the cap went down. How is his price going up when he played terrible? I don't care. Who cares about the injury and everything? like he he played bad last year. He played poor again. He can. It's, it's. It wasn't in a great situation. Sure, but why? Why should his value go up? Like, who was clamoring to have Joe Flacco? You mentioned the 49ers might have been in the mix. Okay, let him sign him. Like, what are you missing out on? Right. It's so crazy to me, Jimmy, that the Eagles actually cleared cap space this offseason to sign Joe Flacco. Like they had to not only get under the cap, but they also wanted to create some room, you know, to spend. And in order to do that, they had to take some contracts and make them even more like worse, basically less cap friendly in the future to make it more cap friendly now. And they did it so they could sign Joe Flacco.
2: Yeah, he's a year he's another year removed from that from that herniated disc surgery. Okay, which is fine. But that doesn't increase his value, like I said earlier, by two hundred and twenty four percent, plus getting fully guaranteed contract, plus the reported additional four you know, million in potential incentives. Now he's a year older, salary cap is lower, as we mentioned earlier, and he wasn't even good last season anyway, so I mean, again, like the idea that uh he should get a raise from one point five million to three you know what it reminds me of, actually? Remember when um chip signed miles austin like miles austin had like uh he, i think he played with the browns i believe before yep. the eagles and he made i think it was less than two million and um like he had a terrible season in cleveland and then the eagles signed him for like like more than two million like, why what did you do that for and i think this situation kind of reminds me of that as well all right uh rebuttal number three
1: well who would you have signed instead Anyone doesn't matter. Like we, <laughs> we talked about, like just anyone cheaper, basically doesn't matter. How does it matter? What do, what is going to change about this Eagles season if you have like Geno Smith again? And I'm I'm not just harping on him, saying literally him. I'm saying like him or someone of that ilk versus Joe Flacco. What is the tangible difference? There is none,
2: and you're 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 dead on. Like it does. It doesn't matter who they sign. Like just pay as low a cost as you possibly can for a position that does not matter in any way when you're a team that has already admitted that you're yes. not going to contend in 2021.
1: I that's such that's, that's a key point. Like, you can't just gloss over that. Like they're saying, they're telling you're coming out and telling you this is not an all in year. If the Eagles thought they were in an all on year, all in year, first of all, they'd be gravely mistaken and that'd be troubling. But like, okay, I can at least understand the logic of it. They think they're all in, so then they think they need this quarterback. They're dead wrong about that, but then the logic adds up. The logic doesn't add up here with what they're telling you. I just, I don't get it. But just for the sake of uh, going through some names, I'm just pulling up Track here real quick and... Uh, it's forever you want with Spotrack? Yeah, well, they. Oh, yeah. I guess uh, over the cap. How do people pronounce that? Too. Or ha- how is it supposed to be pronounced? I've heard Spotrack. I hear sport rack a lot, which is wrong because there's no R before the T. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't
2: know. Oh, for agency Tracker here we are on on uh, over over the cap is, in, in my opinion, far far superior. Well, you with, mentioned Matt Barkley and, is out there. <laughs> <Okay>. Gino Smith <laughs> yeah, is out there. Yeah, here we go. Alex Smith. He's probably going to be you know in a similar type of cost. Uh, and I don't know if
1: he can play anymore Just like physically True,
2: true, true, true right. But again but <laughs> Who cares? It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter AJ McCarron Chase Daniel Colt McCoy Matt Barkley RG3 I mean Nate Sudfeld Nate Sudfeld Bring him yeah. back Who cares? He's going to play on a well, minimum, minimum salary contract Fine, who cares?
1: Nate Sudfeld Who the owner called unstoppable At one point
2: <laughs> Right So they're passing on an unstoppable player to bring in, <laughs> to
1: bring in, thirty-six-year-old Joe Flacco. All right, uh, should we take a break or should we keep going? Take a break here, Jimmy. Let me sit right there, Jimmy, and let me tell you about Righteous Spell and Craft Jerky, the sponsor here at BGN Radio that you've heard me talk about before. Don't skip through this ad. I know you're, I know you're trying to do that, listener uh, out there, <laughs> but don't do that because jerk, you, you should check out. We appreciate you, and I may or may not skip ads in other podcasts sometimes. But if you're listening to this, we appreciate you. And I always try to do a different, you know, a little uh, live ad read right here so to keep it fresh. I'm not just reading copy off of a page always. Uh, Righteous on Craft Jerky is a food company that I believe in. It is great beef jerky and other products that they have. You can get it at a discount by using discount code BGN15. You're helping support their company. You're helping support... BGN Radio here, helping us keep the lights on. You're helping support yourself because it's a good snack to have and you should try it because you'll like it. Really good sell by me. So go do it. Go to -to RightToSelling.com. Just send code BGN15. And Jimmy, back after this.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience.
1: Back here on BGN Radio, episode 174. Let's continue with our trial, Jimmy.
2: Rebuttal number five. It's only one year. There's no long-term commitment. Okay. So, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so here, here's here's what my answer to that would be. Like, cap space rolls over. So, if, like, I, I think the, the point being made there in that rebuttal by the defense is that like it doesn't affect them at all in 2022. But you know what? Like that, if they rolled that cap money over, as we mentioned, like if they just signed someone like Sudfeld, for example, to a minimum veteran contract for like a million or a million or 1.5 or whatever, it's another two to two to point five million that you have extra left over. And whether you use that this year or you use it next year, it's still and again, it's not. We're not talking about huge amounts of money here. Like in a vacuum, this deal is not like it's it's not crippling the franchise in any way, but they add up over time, and the more bad deals that you make over time the the less you know the the, the less ability that you're gonna have to bring in appeal, actual appealing players in free agency and, and you have flexibility to do whatever you want with the cap space that you have. So the idea that like it's not a long-term commitment, well, yeah, I hope not. I mean, they signed the 36-year-old quarterback. Like, Of course they're not going to sign that kind of guy to a two-year deal. So I don't know how that, that point actually is defending this signing in any way other than kind of stating an, an obvious point, but it doesn't make it any better that they signed him for a bad one-year deal as opposed—well, I guess it does make it better for a bad
1: one-year deal as opposed to a bad two or three-year deal but i mean it's still a bad one-year deal and i wanted to say it's like jimmy and i are spending a lot of time on this and you might be you might have turned it off by now and you're not even listening to this in this case i don't know how you're hearing me say that but uh you might be listening to this still and be like oh these guys are, are just you know what you let know, me, let me just,
2: on- what you're about to say is the next point so okay. I'll, I'll let you pick that up in a second so point number seven why is everyone crying
1: over a couple million dollars Brandon, because it's bigger than this deal. It's not just about you. Not every move is just made in a vacuum and you just evaluate that. Like these things are are part of a bigger puzzle that you have to account for. And the thing that frustrates me isn't this specific transaction as much as the process and a continued failing by this front office to make smart moves. Jimmy, what did I say? And my stated goal for the Eagles, what did I want them to do in free agency this offseason? I wanted them to, like, make some smart moves. Some moves that make us go, oh, like, that's "That's a smart thing. And (laughs) I think you can argue they did that with the Anthony Harris signing. I personally don't. I think it's a B-minus signing, more than an A-plus signing. But I think there's some of that element to that contract, which, again... So I didn't give it an F. I gave it a B minus. But with this one, I mean, it's just not a smart move. And I, it's so frustrating to me, Jimmy, how I, f- I feel like this organization keeps getting the easy things wrong. Like, it's not even like I'm asking them to choose, do some like crazy next level. Th- like, it's just how about don't pay overpay Joe Flacco? Like, is that too hard to ask? Like, you, you don't have to do that. Um, some of the other easy things that we've talked about in the past, like the simple things, the small things that on their own probably don't matter, but ultimately add up. Like last year, just for example, cutting Casey Tuho and Noa Tangi'i when you were keeping Austin Jeffrey, like
2: or keeping him on the roster
1: the, despite him being hurt and not contributing in any way in games. Yeah, like that's not on, on the that's in that itself, like in that. Context alone in that vacuum, like, that's not going to kill the Eagles. But over, like, a a broader course and these moves keep happening, like, that hurts. I think to compare this to the Sixers here, I think one of the biggest uh, faults of the Calangelo era, I think both kind of in Toronto and then Philadelphia even – Was that like it wasn't that he kept making like these always i mean obviously the Foltz thing was a disaster but a lot of the moves he made weren't even like total disasters like and so obvious kind of even like a chip kelly era stuff but like they were they kept losing like they kept making these moves it was like death by a thousand paper cuts Mm -hmm. right 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 like that's what this is like they keep making these moves and it's going to add up and it is adding up and it's just not giving you confidence in this front office, like, that they're smart, that they know what they're doing. And, and another thing I think about is, look at all these teams that I feel like, or at least maybe to all of them, but some of them have gotten really better. And you're competing against all those teams to win a Super Bowl. And the Eagles are signing Joe Flacco. Like, you have to compare what, you know, the Eagles are doing to other teams in the league, and I don't see how they're progressing at all. And I think other teams are getting better, or at least, you know, if they're really good, they're staying the same. Ah. I just don't get it, Jimmy. I, I feel like I'm ending every point with "I don't get it," but that's where <laughs> I'm at. I have nothing to add on that. That's all well said. All right, point number seven.
2: Well, if he has to play, they're going to tank and lose a lot of games
1: anyway. So that's good. It's it's bad because if <laughs> Joe Flacco right. plays, if that's it,
2: then why would you pay him three point five million? Then, if you if you oh, yeah. if, if, if like yes. if you if if that's the idea that like he's going to lose a lot of games if he has to play, then why would you? Why would you? pay him anything like why why would you even bring him in so i don't get that just from
1: that logical standpoint to begin with and the deal only gets worse if he plays probably because i'm guessing some of those incentives not necessarily the full 7.5 but i'm going to guess like 1.5 i'm going to say like it's at least like 5 billion if he plays you know a reasonable amount of time then like you're watching this guy play the team sucks presumably and like it's only like the the future of the team is only getting worse. I mean, you might be losing games and that's good for a draft pick, but like you're losing money, you're losing cap space that could be rolled over to next year. You're just wasting it. You're just lighting it on fire to watch Joe Flacco play, who isn't even like an entertaining player, right? Like, it's not like they signed a guy who uh, is bad, but like he can kind of do some things and like, it's kind of like fun, bad. And <laughs> right. the- it's just like a very boring, aesthetically unpleasing, which, Hey, Great fit for the Eagles' offense because they know all about that, or at least they have in recent seasons. Um, but it's it's just crazy to me. Again, I, that's, I'm just going to say it for the billionth time. It's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, give me
2: like an Alex Magoo uh, over a Joe Flacco. Oh, I love an Alex so, Magoo. All
1: right, so uh, nothing to add there. Number eight. He's local guy. Just doesn't matter. Does not literally changes. I mean, it's cool for him. It's like good right, for his him. friends
2: and family. Anyone who knows him grew up, anyone in the Autobahn
1: area, anyone great. who might listen to this podcast. Great, great for you guys. Yes. Ha- happy for you. I don't, I'm not nothing against, it's nothing against Joe Flacco. Personally, it's nothing against like any of that. It's about the organization. It's against them. And the local guy thing to me is fine. Like if you're picking between like two, let's say the Eagles were picking between uh, Geno Smith and joe flacco and they both cost like the league minimum then sure bring in joe flacco he's a local. That's, that's whatever that's cool he's a local guy fine. then that's yeah, fine right. like it, who <laughs> right. cares yeah uh for me the my analysis is i couldn't possibly
2: care any less about that it means, which doesn't matter means absolutely <laughs> well, means absolutely nothing to me nothing all right number nine uh it's not your
1: money Uh,
2: can can I can I start on that one like that 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 one just annoys the hell out of me and it comes up every now and again not just now but like it's a statement that like if you start to make it whether you're typing it or saying it stop what you're doing and just don't make that point because like like if you unless you're talking about a sport that doesn't have a salary cap it just doesn't make any sense at all like the like fans are very are are now like very in tune with how the salary cap works and the more you spend you know the more the more bad contracts that you have or the more you spend on on guys that shouldn't be making as much as they're making fans are now understanding that and I have for a while now of course that it prohibits your ability to bring in better players later so the idea that it's not your money is about a, as useless
1: as a thing as you can possibly say I agree, Jimmy. It's uh, not, a good, I mean, I, I love this argument. Uh, well, maybe not this. I, I love when people are like, when people get mad or worked up about stuff, sometimes they'll be like, you know, oh, we, play the, we pay the player salaries, which isn't true. Uh, you know, you know the, the tickets and whatever thing. And, okay, so it is your money then, but it's not your money now when the argument is more convenient <laughs> for you. Right. Okay. Okay. Got
2: it. All right, so that's it. That's the end of the uh, the rebuttals that I've
1: heard anyway. You don't have anything to add, right? Uh, I'm looking through my, my notes here. You know, as we came into court, I wrote a, a bunch of notes down here. You mentioned the thing earlier about, like, the – I just want to stress that again. The Eagles talk about getting younger every off season, and their first two significant free agent additions are age 30 season Anthony Harris and age 36 season Joe Flacco – course they have what 11 picks in the draft so it's not like right they'll get younger there of course but But still I mean like you you could have had guys in their 20s in free agency on the comp pick thing too I wanted to know I think some people were like well they probably would have lost that pick anyway because they might sign like a cornerback who could cancel that out not necessarily not if they signed someone who was cut like a Dory Jackson was Mm -hmm. now they, they missed out on him but Steven Nelson was cut they could sign him potentially from the Steelers like I don't know or you could wait. Potentially, you could wait till right May. After May or, yeah. yeah, yeah. When the comp pick deadlines. like, so I don't want to totally just say that's fine. That you, you, like you potentially wipe out a draft pick. Uh, I think that's all I had. I guess I'll, I wanna, what I'll wrap it is, on Jimmy is that I can't. Another thing I can't believe is how last off season the Eagles make some moves. Darius Slay trade being one among them that drew a lot of criticism. Drew a lot of criticism for me specifically. And really, I just didn't love the Eagles offseason as a whole. And I get so much criticism for that. And a lot of people did. It's not just, I'm not trying to say I'm a victim or anything. A lot of people who criticized the Eagles were like getting crapped on hard for being so negative and everything. And then the Eagles go out and they have a 4-11-1 season. They finished last and arguably the worst division in NFL history, a pathetic season. And then... People are criticizing the Eagles this off season again. And somehow I feel like I'm getting the same amount, or at least there's still a substantial amount of pushback or not even just me again, but any kind of negative thing said about the Eagles gets like a, a fair amount of pushback. And I, and I get it to a point, like you love the Eagles, you want to see them do well, you don't want these, you don't, maybe you don't want to believe, you know, that they're as incompetent as they are because you want them to do well. And, and that I can get, but like looking at it the way I am, I, I and I, I just, I feel like you have to give people grace. Like you have to give the people who are expressing their frustrations grace or like that they feel this way because at least I do, speaking for myself here, I care about the Eagles, Jimmy. I want them to win more than anything. I do, like, I really do. I, I honestly believe that, but I'm not gonna uh, you know, like, I'm not gonna just BS, you know, I'm not gonna say things are better than they are if I don't believe it. And I, and I think I've been fair and objective when it comes to this stuff. I get accused that I feel like of being too negative or whatever. I want to put pressure on the team. If I think they're doing poorly, I want to... And I think people fans need to do that, too. Fans can't just go along with what the team is, is saying and wanting you to think. Like you have to put pressure on them if you think the moves are bad. Because that's how you enact change, ultimately, in the bigger picture. So... This idea, like that, it's negativity for negativity's sake, or it's clickbait, like, or this idea that like negativity sells. That's just it's such garbage. Like none of that is true. One of the biggest things that grind my gears, Jimmy, is people will bring up how there was a podcast split on this very podcast a couple of years ago, and for that some reason is making me negative about the Eagles. That has like nothing to do with it. Maybe it's because the Eagles have been on the downward trajectory since the Super Bowl and haven't been very. Fun To watch at all, maybe that's why I'm frustrated with the Eagles. There's literally smoke coming out of Brandon's ears right now. <laughs> we're just calling, I ba- care,
2: Jimmy. We're just calling balls and strikes. I mean, that's really all it is. Like, when they, you know, the super, there's Bowl, no agenda,
1: there's, it's not a conspiracy. Yeah, it's like, we're just, looking, we're just
2: calling it like I see it exactly. That's all it is. I mean, and frankly, like, and the point that, like, uh, that you make that resonates with me is uh, the idea that, like, you know, looking for quote unquote clickbait writing negative articles well the reality is that the opposite of that is true like when I have always found that like the more positive things that you write they do a lot better than when you write negative things so I mean that really couldn't be further from the truth but like so like when you know writing negative stories you know one after the next after the next you know I mean again we're just kind of calling them as we see them as they go along and and uh, personally, like, I, I don't think this front office has done a good job over the last four off seasons and, and it's continued into this off season. So
3: anyway,
1: uh, wait, 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 yes. before you finish there, like, but also part of the frustration with that is like we feel like there's, they're not even like on the precipice of a change. And that's why this fan base is so checked yes, out yes. because and the, the team is so pathetic because they don't even understand that they think. I, I swear, they don't realize it. They don't realize how checked out and how apathetic this fan base is. Like, I, I honestly believe they don't. And it's crazy because you just look at how... And, and even Shil Kapati has said this on Birds With Friends, and I'm glad it's not just me um, like feeling this way and, and questioning my own sanity here. He said recently, this week, that like he feels in his lifetime, which is even longer than mine, age flex, I'm younger, um, is that <laughs> he was talking about how... Uh, like he feels like they've never been irrelevant and more relevant in his lifetime. And that's that's something I've been Mm, saying, especially since I've been covering the team. And and I just, there's no juice with this team, Jimmy. And uh, I'm just so frustrated because I don't want it to be like that. And that's why, that's why this negativity comes from. I don't want to be covering a team that has become so irrelevant where like, it's like, who cares? And the diehards are always going to be here because they are. That's what being a diehard fan is. But the same energy just isn't there and it's frustrating because what i feel like like in the late 90s um
2: the energy was kind of dissipating a little bit um and then it it bounced back but it's i mean it's debatable whether like right now is the least enthusiastic the fan base has been uh but like that in my lifetime that is anyway and actually during the 80s like you know they were really down then too. I mean, I was alive during those days, but I wasn't actively following the team when I was like seven. So like uh anyway, but yeah, the the, the your point is uh is certainly uh, well taken in that the the fan base really has kind of turned to apathy, uh, which is a bad sign. I think that the thing, you know, Jeffrey Lurie would prefer anger uh over apathy, you know, given given the lesser of two evils. All right.
1: Why don't we take a break here? Back after this.
2: Well, first, uh, Jimmy, do you have a song about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors? Why, yes, I do, Jimmy. Here you go. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Tours. Kristen Roach of Roach Tours. She's the greatest. 856
3: 906 oh, nine, 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 Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like JIRA, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better.
1: Back here for our final segment on BGN Radio, episode 174. Uh, an episode coming to you more recently than within a week, cause we just did the last one on Sunday. Obviously, check that one out, except it's probably too late to – maybe some of it's dated already. Maybe it's not. <laughs> Who knows? Go check it out. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, what else do we have here? So uh, a little non-Joe Flacco, Flacco news. Um, I mean –
2: the, it's not. It's basically it's news that isn't news, and we talked about it very briefly early in the show. But Adoree Jackson was scheduled to visit the Eagles. Was it Monday night? Yes. Um, he had spent Sunday night, uh, I believe, up in uh, New York City, in Manhattan. Uh, of course, the Giants and the Jets don't actually play there. Uh, but he was visiting the Giants, and before he could even make his visit to the Eagles, uh, he decided to sign with the Giants, which was. Pretty much a no-brainer decision, in my opinion, given the uh, cost uh, that, or rather, the the contract that that he was able to get from the Giants. What was it, three years, uh, thirty nine million? Is that what it was? I think so. so. I know it was in the ballpark of like thirteen or thirteen and a half million per season. Which um, you know, I thought a Dory Jackson would have made a lot of sense uh, for the Eagles and and where they are right now. He could have been you know sort of that outside corner opposite Darius Slay, still a young player. Uh, I think he was, what, 25, 26 years old. Uh, mm. But at that price, well, first of all, the Eagles can't even afford him anyway. But, but even if they could, I would not be paying that guy $13, a half million whatever it was, uh, given uh, sort of questions about his um, – well, first of all, I think he's like an okay player and a guy with a ceiling. But, you know, his two career interceptions, you know, it was – a fine starter for for the Tennessee Titans but certainly not great and then he came with concerns last season about um the team reportedly um had you know frustrations over his rehab process in coming back from a knee injury so uh big gamble there by the Giants that I would not have taken if I were the Eagles and they wouldn't have been able to anyway
1: yeah I can't blame the Eagles for you know not when I mean, they didn't really get a chance to meet with him but, you know, if they did, for certainly outbidding well, that. Certainly the Well, certainly they,
2: they, they would have communicated with his agent in some way, giving, giving them an idea right. of, like, what he could have expected in an offer from them.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the Giants really put the full court press on him. Like, they had, like, Logan Ryan come they flew in. him in. <laughs> yeah, who was his teammate in Tennessee. They really wanted him. And I think it's a nice signing for them just in terms of talent alone. Like, again, take the money out of it, which you can't. You have to factor that in. But just in terms of having a Dory Jackson, James Bradbury as their starting quarterbacks, I think that's pretty pretty good. Yeah. It's a pretty good uh, pair to have. So uh, I think, again, the money, don't love. But the actual just acquisition itself is a fine move for them. As far as the Eagles go, Jimmy, uh, their hunt for a cornerback presumably moves on. I mean, if they wanted Jackson, I'm sure they're going to want to sign right. some kind of free agent cornerback here because they kind of need to. Uh, so we've mentioned these names before, but the who's who of who's out there that can make sense, you know, Garyon Conley, as you've talked about before, mm-hmm. who's had interest in drafting him at number I haven't 14. seen his name anywhere, by the way. Same. So it's well, interesting. Kind there, of... there,
2: may be, there may be things that we don't know about him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so we'll see about that one. Uh Mackenzie Alexander, who was number one in my in our Eagles uh likely free agent draft that we right. put together. Uh I recently Steven Nelson now that Alley, you
2: mentioned earlier. uh
1: yeah, Steven Nelson, who the Steelers released, and not because they think he's bad, just because they had to clear they, they saved like 8.5 they cleared 8.5 million in cap space and they've been mm-hmm. kind of up against the cap and have had to work things around and uh, they couldn't agree on extension with him so they had to let him go um, he's out there w- wouldn't count against your comp pick formula i'm going to guess he's going to have a more competitive market than what the eagles can ultimately pay for he turned he's 28 but he turned 28 in january so i still think you know there's he's reasonably young enough to kind of be a long-term piece if you can get him on a multi-year deal uh wouldn't hate that Kevin King, else would, else?
2: Kevin King would have made sense, but he just resigned with the Packers. But like all the rest of these guys are like in their 30s now. Like, yeah. like uh, I mean, Kyle Fuller is now available. He's 29; he will be 30 soon, I believe. AJ Boye is over 30. Malcolm Butler, Casey Hayward, Kareem Jackson, Desmond Trufant, Richard Sherman; those guys are all like you know past their primes and into their 30s. So I mean, those, those are probably like the best available guys that are still out there. But uh, the guys who are in their 20s. You know they got snapped up, um, so there isn't much available in in terms of like guys who might be longer term solutions. So my guess is that they're probably just going to find a one year band aid guy, which I think at this point in the off season is fine. Like (laughs) you know after this Joe Flacco, I mean before the Joe Flacco deal, uh, the NFLPA who puts out the salary cap daily, they had the Eagles at I think it was like three and a half million in cap space. So if Flacco's deal doesn't get stretched out over like they could put dummy ears on the back of that one-year deal which is possible um mm-hmm. if they didn't do that then uh he will negate i guess probably around like 2.6 of that available cap space because he'll replace whoever the 51st uh you know highest paid player on the eagles is so that'll be about 850k or whatever um so they'll they'll have less than a million. Basically, what I'm getting at is they'll have less than a million in cap space, and I don't know who they're gonna they're gonna get. Of course, at some point they're going to trade or release uh, Zach Ertz, which will give them a, another five million or so. They also have, of course, their rookie pool um, that they have that they're gonna need about four million to sign all their draft picks. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as like who they're gonna be able to get at this point. Uh, I, I'm guessing they slap a band on, on on it with with some you know semi competent uh, veteran who can you know eat up a lot of eat up a bunch of snaps, but isn't going to be very good. And I wonder if uh, as a result they're going to wind up reaching for a corner uh, in this upcoming draft, whether that be at sixth overall, which I would doubt, uh, mm-hmm. or if it's a uh,
1: you know with that uh, you know high second round pick in, in the thirties. TJ Carey could be a name to watch as a stopgap guy. Okay. Uh, has. Tr- quarterback, veteran, turns 31 in July, age is an ideal. But again, if this is just like basically this year's Colts, right? uh, Yes, from the Colts. That's why I brought him up from Jonathan Gannon. So if you want to get excited, there you go. (laughs) Eric Wilson is still out there at linebacker. I would kind of like if the Eagles uh, could get him. I think we mentioned him uh, on Sunday's pod. You were surprised he's still out there. So, yeah, obviously, you know, not uh, a ton of names still out there in terms of excitement that the Eagles can really bring in. And obviously the cap situation is tight, although you mentioned with Zach Ertz. It'd be kind of nice. If it would be kinda of nice, right, to uh to clear that five million at some Let's point. Let's go over
2: under here. Uh <sighs> do they get better or worse than the two hundredth we'll just go two hundred, two hundredth overall pick
1: for him. So that's that's in like the sixth round, oh, right? Mm-hmm. Um Hmm, I'm going to say worse. Unless, unless, Jimmy, and I want, I want to I want to have this in here as a condition of this <laughs> game that doesn't matter at all. Obviously, like, if some tight end suffers like some kind of San Bradford-like right. crazy, or sorry, uh, Teddy Bridgewater-like crazy, unexpected injury that leads to this, like, unprecedented, unforeseeable situation, barring that, I think less than that. I think that deal's
2: going to have to happen kind of soon. I don't think they're going to carry him past the nfl draft so i think something's going to get done with him one way or the other whether he's he, i think it's you know him being released is still very much on the table um but yeah so i would agree with you i think the if, if it's just a you know straight Ertz for one pick
1: swap i would also say worse than the 200th overall pick i think something important to note in the Ertz dynamic is that it's not just about doing right by the player I think a lot of people talk about that it's like well who cares what Ertz wants uh you're also dealing with this agent and this agent has other clients and you don't want to totally you know like make that relationship terrible uh and I'm sure you know Ertz and Ertz's side is putting pressure on the Eagles and then you know there's there's pressure from I guess a player perception perspective too in terms of doing right by a player other other players are paying attention to that uh and, and just in terms of when they could possibly do this, too, because you, you can't just, like, hold on to them and release them later in the offseason because that's, that's doing pretty bad by the player because at that point, their market isn't going to be at its highest because other players have already been signed and drafted. So, uh, yeah, it feels like that's going to have to happen here at some point still. And if I can add, Zach Harris's agent does hold a grudge. <laughs> he, <laughs> he
2: once told me that when he, the next time he was in Philly, he was going to come find me
1: has he he did not has he, done no, that? he did not come find me well how does it feel to be living in fear waiting for that moment to happen the day of reckoning is coming I, that day of reckoning is going to be on the
2: he actually i did see him at training somebody pointed it out i did not know what he looked like somebody pointed him out to me during a training camp
1: practice he did find you he did he he may have found me but he didn't approach me anyway well he's playing the long game <laughs> that's right. uh that's right anything else jimmy before we wrap up here no nah, i think i'm good All right. Well, hopefully you still made it this far. I know it hasn't been. Look, I get it from like a listener perspective. It hasn't been amazing. Like, obviously, (laughs) wish we had like fun stuff to talk about. We're big signings, energetic. We're thinking about how great the Eagles are going to be this year. Trust me. I wish that was the reality. I really do. I do not prefer it to be like this. I do not. But if given that it is the reality, that's where we are, unfortunately. And that's what we're going to talk about. Uh I just want to give some plugs, of course. I want to, again, give a big shout-out to Rachel. here. very excited about her joining the team. Um, can't wait to see what she brings here to BGN Radio. I'm sure it'll be great. Looking forward to that. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter. Again, you can go to bleedinggreennation.com to, to find her Twitter handle uh, and everything. You can what check is her Twitter out, handle? Do you know what the other uh, is? It's Rachel Monique. So it's R-A-I-C-H-E-L-E and then M-O. N-I-Q-U-E. Ah, I feel like is, I'm yes. terrible at spelling things out loud, so hopefully that's right. Um, I just followed, Give her a follow. There we go. Very cool. All right, give her a follow on Twitter. Um, give Jimmy Kemsky a follow on Twitter, at Jimmy Kemsky. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Brandon Gatton. Follow BGN Radio on Twitter, at BGN underscore radio. Follow Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter, at Bleeding Green. Check out the SB Nation NFL show, Jimmy, where Rob Stats Guerrero and I just interviewed your friend, and once... Uh, Visitor, Ed Valentine, from Big oh, Review to talk yeah. about the Giants. Uh, brought a lot of juice to the podcast. That was fun. <laughs> and uh, talked about the Kennedy Holiday signing and everything there. So check that out. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. And then um, also check out Righteous Found Craft Jerky by going to com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. We'll have plenty more off-season coverage for you, whatever the Eagles do. or We'll be talking about draft here. I think Benjamin Solak, as I, as I am As we are recording this podcast, Jimmy, I'm getting a Slack message from Benjamin Solak about a big Kyle Pitts article he has. So it'll be interesting to read that. uh, That'll be up by the time. Oh, you got a little BGN
2: Slack channel?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look at you, big flex. There we go. Yeah, huge, huge (laughs) flex. Um, So I think that's about it. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Leave those ratings and reviews. We appreciate them. We'll read them. We haven't done that in a while, so we'll get around to doing that. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody.
0: Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast closing deals,